Hey everybody, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Got a loaded show for you today. I mean, of course, Kirk Cousins. We got to talk about the implications of him tearing his uh, his Achilles. Uh, but the Vikings still did some things that people did not think they could do. Everybody had written them off. Kirk Cousins has done some things that people cannot believe. But how do the Vikings move forward? We'll talk about that next on the Ron Johnson Show. Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Welcome, everybody. Well, it's a Tuesday. It's snowing. It's Halloween. And you talk about scary? You want to talk about scary? Scary is the future of the Minnesota Vikings without Kirk Cousins. That is the scariest costume out right now. Kirk Cousins in a boot. If you put on that eight jersey and you wrap up that ankle and that leg and put a boot on, that's the scariest uniform out right now in Minnesota. But I want everybody to know, we're going to jump into this episode and bring my producer into the show, Sam Ekstrom. But before we do, I want everybody to know, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com backslash locked on to get started. Well, I want to thank everybody for joining us. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you. If you are on Amazon Fire or Roku as well, XM Radio, we know you have the Sirius XM app. Thanks for downloading and listening to the Ron Johnson Show. But as I bring my producer to the show, Sam Ekstrom, and for those, uh, you know, at home watching or on your phone watching, you can see Sam's nice, nice uh, locked on sweatshirt. He's nice and cozy on a cold winter day. It's not even truly winter yet, but it is winter in Minnesota. And as we jump into this show, Kirk Cousins, everybody, like Sam, up until like week three, oh, and three, everybody's like, tear it all down, tear this team apart, get rid of them, move on. It's time to move on. How can we move on? That's all everybody kept talking about. Like, he, he's not going to be here long term, blah, 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 blah. All, all the expletives, superlatives, adjectives, <laughs> objectives. I mean, whatever you can think of, people were throwing them out there. Situationships, scenarios, every single way you can think of, people wanted to find a way for this team to move forward. <clears throat> and that was, some were for Kirk Cousins. Hey, extend them for two more years. Go draft a quarterback. Well, and I hate to say this, and I saw some people tweet this. Oh, I, I mean, I wanted to move on for Kirk Cousins, but I didn't want it to be because of injury. You can't dictate what happens. But you can also dictate what you say and do. So for people that wanted Kirk Cousins gone, wanted the team to go a different direction, wanted the team to, to play their, their rookie or their backup quarterback, whatever it might be, they're not saying that you wanted Kirk Cousins hurt, but now he is hurt. And so now you have what you wanted. So you didn't want him hurt. Great. But you wanted him out. So let's let's be real. Let's be grown men about this. Let's be grown women about this. Let's be adults about this. You can spin it however you want 
because people are attacking people online now that are not for Kirk Cousins and saying, oh, you got what you want. Now let's see what happens. That's the big problem with this. There's two sides of this coin. One side is people want to see the Vikings implode without Kirk Cousins. Why? Because they're Kirk Cousins supporters. And now everybody will feel the burn of not having Kirk Cousins. Like everybody wants to feel that. Like you, this is what you wanted. Look, he can't even beat the Falcons. He can't even beat the Saints. He couldn't even beat the University of Minnesota, blah, 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 whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But then the other side of that coin is the people want the Vikings to still make a playoff run. They still want to see their team do well. They still want to show up to U.S. Bank Stadium on Sundays or turn on their TV on Sundays and see a well-oiled machine and a Vikings Kevin O'Connell-led team do well with Brian Flores' defense. But if that happens, then the answer about Kirk Cousins' future is easier to manage. And now it's easier to say, we don't really need to offer him big money. Maybe Jaron Hall is the guy. Maybe Jaron Hall is better than we thought. He can run. Do they give Jaron Hall one or two games, and then when Nick Mullins comes back off IR, does he get the reins if, if Jaron Hall struggles for two games? And then do we watch uh, Nick Mullins struggle for the rest of the season where it's a quarterback carousel, where they bring in guys uh, like Josh Johnson and they try to you know, maybe trade at the deadline today? No, Nobody knows. But whatever you wanted, you got it. So stop crying about, like, I didn't want him hurt. Like, you, it doesn't matter what you wanted. <clears throat> you wanted him gone. You don't like him. You don't think he's a leader. You don't think he – and now all these stories are coming about how he's a great leader. Oh, well, Zimmer, Zimmer didn't, didn't allow him to be a leader. Yeah, he did. The narrative just was thrown at us differently. Yeah, he did. Like, Kirk Cousins and Zimmer's fight on the sideline? Clearly a leader. That's a leader. Saying, screw you. I told you I could do this. Look what, you like that? Like, that's a leader. Zimmer was really pissed off when Kirk attacked him that like that. But that's the difference. That's a leader. Leader. He led the team. He led that group of men. But the narrative was different because the organization from a executive level, head coach, so and so forth, didn't really put a lot of like a lot, like a lot of credit to Kirk Cousins. It was all about the defense. And then when the defense started being trash, then it was like, we have no answer. Kirk's not a winner. Kirk's not this. Yeah, you have the 31st ranked defense. You have the 32nd ranked defense. And this dude's still out here trying to make it happen. But the team started 0-3, as we said. They're back in the playoff hunt now, 4-4. Four and four. Uh, When you look at the playoff standing, Sam and I kind of talked about it before the show started. Uh, the Vikings are the 7th seed. They play the Lions if the playoffs were to start today. You got the Eagles, Lions, Seahawks, Falcons, Cowboys, 49ers, which is crazy to think 49ers are the 6th seed, and then the Vikings at the 7th. Eagles would have the bye. Lions would play the Vikings, which I think is a winnable game in Detroit. Seahawks will play the 49ers. Who knows what will happen there? Brock Purdy. Now, everybody hates Brock Purdy. He's like Chris, uh, what's his name? Chris Rock. Everybody hates Chris. Everybody hates Brock. Because right now, everybody's coming up with their stories. I told y'all he wasn't a guy. I told y'all way before. People in the organization said he wasn't a guy. And now everybody's pouring up. Before, he was a Hall of Famer. Next, Joe Montana, Tom Brady. Now, all y'all hating on him. How funny the tide has turned. Yeah, doesn't take long. Doesn't take long. And then you got the Falcons and the uh, Cowboys, which truly that would be a Cowboys win. Uh, the Falcons, just because they're winning a terrible NFC South. Like the Vi- the Vikings, if they were in the NFC South, would be tied for first right now. They'd be tied for first place, probably in first place, actually, when you look at divisional record um, or conference record. Sorry, I'm guessing the Vikings have a better conference record than the Falcons, but I don't know. I haven't looked into it too much. I know you did. You looked into the um, 
the Saints Vikings and the, and the Vikings have the lead over the Saints. Um, but that's just that's where we're at right now. Like it's, this is life after Kirk. This is the playoff Vikings at four and four. They turned the team around. Everybody wanted to blow it up. They went 0 and three. And now they've gone four and one since four and one. And in that four and one, everybody said four and two because they're like, there's no way in hell the Vikings beat the Chiefs. There's no way in hell the Vikings beat the 49ers. I said, you got to split with the ones you're not supposed to win. That's the Glenn Mason formula. And they did it. They split with the 49ers and Chiefs. I thought the Chiefs was also a winnable game. But hey, what happens is happens. I don't know. Like, we didn't get the Taylor Swift curse early enough. Now, truly, the Broncos beat the Chiefs. So clearly, there's a Taylor Swift curse when she's not there. But maybe it was too early. Maybe the Vikings fans were too bought into Taylor. We really care where the Broncos are like, we got Sierra. We gonna one two step all over these guys. We don't. We don't need. I don't even know a Taylor Swift song. We don't need to shake it off. We gonna one two step all over the Chiefs because we got Sierra. We don't need her. The Vikings. We don't have a celebrity wife. So we were loving. Hey, now Julie Cousins. Julie Cousins is <laughs> the Netflix celebrity song. in my true, book. True. True. Yeah. True. But Sam, I mean, what are your thoughts? Because here we are. Uh, yeah. You know, they they're coming up on another game against the Falcons that mm-hmm. with Kirk. Everybody was picking the Vikings, truly winnable. And now the lines are going to kind of might shift and become a little bit more even. They're on the road. So there's a lot of speculation there. And then Jaron Hall starting his first NFL game on the road. He doesn't even have the fans to help him get going when he makes a big run. He has to create his own juice. But I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think we do need to adjust our expectations to be a little more realistic. I think that the eight wins in a row thing was on the table. Mm -hmm. Uh, with Kirk Cousins as your quarterback. And now you have to embrace some inconsistency and understand that's going to be part of the deal here and that this season might turn into more of a developmental half season for Jaron Hall. And you can still make the playoffs. You can still sneak in. When you're from Mm -hmm. four and four, yeah, you can get there. You can be a seven seed. Can you win a Super Bowl? I don't know. I don't know if that's in the cards anymore. But you're going to learn a lot about Jaron Hall, and then if not Jaron Hall, maybe Nick Mullins. Maybe he comes in and has a Case Keenum-like run. But typically, Ron, when we see young quarterbacks, particularly taken on the third day of the draft, Mm -hmm. particularly rookies, when they get a chance to play, it usually doesn't go very well, historically. You know, there's only so many Dak Prescott's, Tom Brady's out there. Like, the best-case scenario, I think, is a Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew was a guy that, came on for Jacksonville. He ran around in the, you know, in and out of the pocket, made some good throws on the run uh, and did some, like he did some stuff. He was a guy he's established himself in the league and he was a late round pick. That's kind of what you hope for. You hope for someone that can, can just keep the play alive and be exciting. But we can't expect too much out of Jaron Hall in particular. We can't expect, I don't think maybe I'm being a pessimist. I don't think you can expect too much out of the season without, Kirk Cousins as your quarterback that's just where I'm at right now yeah I mean so when you look at you know stats NFL rookie stats and we can get into it a little bit later maybe during the round table this week um but NFL rookies since 2008 on their first starts now this is throwing in everybody this is throwing in first round draft picks uh because you got Matt Ryan of the uh, Atlanta Falcons is one of them in there he was 9 of 13 181 yards and one touchdown and then you look at Joe Flacco Baltimore Ravens he was 15 to 29, 129 yards, four yards rushing. Uh, sorry, four rushes, 37 yards, and one touchdown. Uh, then you go to Matthew Stafford with the Rams. 
Matthew Stafford was, and of course, you know, he's with the Lions. He was 18, or sorry, 16 to 37, 205 yards, three <laughs> interceptions, and one touchdown, Sam. Three interceptions <clears throat> and one touchdown. Three interceptions for the top draft pick. You got Mark Sanchez. 18 to 31, 272 yards, one touchdown, one interception. And then you can go all the way down. You can keep going. You can keep going. You got years and years and years of these stats. You can go to Sean Kaiser and his first start. Uh, you know, he was 20 to 30, 222, one touchdown, one interception. His rookie year, you got Sam Darnold in 2018. The number three overall pick out of USC, 16 to 21, 198, two touchdowns, one interception. When you hear all those stats, Sam, what like, and I guess maybe we can dive into this Friday, and make this a question. What's a realistic number for Jaron Hall? Like, that's what I think people want to know. What's a realistic number for Jaron Hall when you look at all these mm-hmm. stats? Because the Vikings don't have a run game. Some of these teams I named, oh, and your guy, you named him, Dak Prescott, 2016, fourth round pick, 25 of 45. He threw the ball 45 times his first game. 25 of 45. They lost to the New York Giants. But two rushes, 12 yards, 227 yards passing, no touchdowns, no interceptions, and he lost. But again, you got Carson Wentz. We know him. We've asked him to maybe come to Minnesota this week. I don't know if they can. Uh, The good thing about a guy like Carson Wentz, though, is you don't have to worry about him on the trade deadline because you can just pick him up. Like he's chilling on the streets right now looking for somebody to pick him up. Number two overall pick out of North Dakota State, hometown, kind of a hometown guy from Minnesota. Uh, 22, he lit it up. 22 or 37, 278, two touchdowns. That sounds like a guy we want here. How about my guy Minshew? My guy Minshew's debut, 22 of 25, mm. 275, two TDs. Mm. What year was that? That was 2019. Ah, okay. So you I got... assume he lost the game, though, because he played Kansas <laughs> City. I'm, I'm assuming that was not a win, but it doesn't tell me. But when you look at this overall, like what rookies have done on their first start, some good. Yeah. Some bad, some absolutely horrible. Like three interceptions for Matthew Stafford. Now Matthew Stafford became a great quarterback after that. Um, Jameis Winston, he was what he has always been. Always, can you guess what Jameis Winston was? Like, don't worry about the yards and the throws. Yeah, touchdown interception ratio. Th- was it like three and three, three TDs, three interceptions? That's kind of a that's kind of a uh, Winston line. That's a see, and I gave you the clue. That's a great guess because he was two for two. <laughs> Two touchdowns, two interceptions, 33 passes, uh, 16 were completed, 210 yards. And so when you're looking at Jaron Hall and and what he could be, one, Kevin O'Connell, when you look at run to pass, Kevin O'Connell is extremely pass-oriented. Like, he is passing the ball. There's no questions. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He's going to run the ball a little bit. Uh, He's going to try to figure out the run. Uh, He's going to have to. Uh, But when you're coming off of a – First eight games of a quarterback who's number two in the NFL in yards. He's up there in completion percentage at 69.4. 18 touchdowns and five interceptions. I mean, Kirk Cousins was killing it. He was absolutely killing 103 passer rating. 103 passer rating. The only people with a higher passer rating than him, and we can't really count Will Levis, but I guess we could. He only had one game. But they have Will Levis up there. His first game with 130.5 was his passer rating. Uh, so far this season, uh, <clears throat> when you look at true quarterbacks that have thrown like a decent amount of passes and yards, I'm talking about anybody over 100 or 200 yards. Let's call it that. Will Levis is one. Uh, you got Tua Tagovailoa, Brock Purdy, and then Kirk Cousins. Tua, 108. And if you take 
Will Levis out of there because I mean it's one game, so he doesn't have enough sample size of this. Uh, you can make the you can make the case of saying four more games or two or more games even. Two attack of Iloa, Brock Purdy, Kirk Cousins. That's your top four quarterbacks right now. And then Russell Wilson jumped back up after that game against the uh, Chiefs. He's back up there now. But you got 108, 105, and 103 for Kirk Cousins as far as pass rating in uh two attack of a lot tag of Iloa and uh Brock Purdy. Josh Allen 101. Russell Wilson 101. Justin Herbert 101. Kirk Cousins was doing it. He was doing everything we said he should do this year. Unlock Kirk Cousins. Unleash Kirk Cousins. But you know what? We got to talk about what's next. What do the Vikings do next? What is Jaron Hall's first game going to look like? Sam and I will talk about that next on the Ron Johnson Show. Before we do that, we have a word from our sponsors. There is a phenomenal new offer right now at FanDuel that I want to tell you about. That's America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets if you can do this simple thing. Win a $5 money line bet. Yes, bet five, win the bet, and you get $150 in bonus bets. $150 if your team wins. So you got to be strategic. It's a money line. So Find a favorite. Find someone that's minus 400. Yes, favorites can lose. They lose all the time. But be strategic. Win that bet and win $150 in bonus bets. And then you can put that on spreads, player props, over-unders. And we're giving you suggestions all the time on this show, especially the Friday roundtable of how to spend the money. And Ron will, will attest. I said Vikings by two touchdowns last Friday. They won by two touchdowns. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Get Working on the NFL season, get in the action, make every moment more at America's number one sports book, FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Well, Sam, the, the whole world wants to know this, and especially in Minnesota. Conversation is going to be what are our expectations? What can Jaron Hall do? How does Kevin O'Connell unlock Jaron Hall now? Like he has a new project. Kirk Cousins was his pro was his project, I guess, for the last two years. And he he really unlocked Kirk Cousins, really got him going. And it was more so because of his offense. His offense is, is stellar. Like he has a pretty good scheme. With Jaron Hall, and I'm gonna give a quick one and you tell me what you think. With Jaron yeah. Hall, this is what I think Kevin O'Connell needs to do. If you watch the Eagles, if you watch the Bears, there's a marriage between those two offenses somewhere in there. And this is I'm talking about Bears. Justin Fields there's a marriage with that offense somewhere in there like there's because he can't be the Eagles we know that he's not Jalen Hurts but I, I don't feel like Jalen Jaron Hall is too far off of Justin Fields so how can Kevin O'Connell marry these offenses well one if you're going to run the ball you need to make teams think pass how do you, it's not play action it's not draw you motion and shift and you move guys around thinking you're trying to get the quarterback to figure out a pass you're trying to get the quarterback to figure out a pass situation. He's doing all this BS like Peyton Manning and Mike 54, and blah, blah, blah. Here we go. Mike. No, 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 no. Mike 53. Switch it up. Can, can, can. Boom. Move this. Motion. Over, over. Snap it. Hand it off to Cam Akers or Alexander Madison, whichever one you decide. That's one way to run the ball. One, you have the Falcons defense moving. You have these guys moving around. They can't just sit there. They can't just try to sit down on you and figure it out. They can't just sit there and, and try to rob you. Let me put my glasses on because I'm getting old now. I thought when it was I'm a Halloween at, costume. 
No, it's, I, I I literally like that's the thing. Like I, I used to wear glasses. I got Lasix back in two thousand three, um, and as I get older, it's starting to wear off. So now to see like far away and little small things like my tablet and you know my stats, I need glasses now. Like to see my whiteboard behind uh, mm-hmm. the, the the scenes over there, I need my glasses. So the whiteboard has some of the things I need to talk about reminders. Um, I got my iPad here, <clears throat> but yeah, I need the glasses. So for for the fans at home, it's not a it's not a costume. I'm not trying to be a teacher. Um, this is the new me. This is this is me. This is how I was though growing up. I wore glasses growing up. And finally, then I got contacts. I don't know. I might get contacts again. But Sam, when you look at rush defense, rush defense, the biggest thing about rush yards, and 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 again, this is what people don't even realize. I don't know if if you even realize this. Sorry, is this offense? Nope, that's offense. Because the Vikings, I'm like, the Vikings rush offense cannot be. Or sorry, rush defense can't be that good. <laughs> Nothing against them, but it had them like the one of the lower ones. I'm like, whoa, when did they jump into the top five? I was like, nope, their offense is on the bottom five. That's <laughs> that's my mistake. Sorry. Yeah. No, 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 uh, no slander. Uh, but when you look at the Falcons rush defense, they are basically top 10. They've only allowed 1,500 yards. Uh, they're allowed, they're allowing <clears throat> uh, sorry, passing 1,500 yards, they're top 10. Rushing defense. Because I had the stat up there. They I'm are 14th. Is that what they are? 14th? Yeah, they've allowed 816 yards. So they've allowed 816 yards attempt-wise. And again, they're right there with the Vikings. Vikings have allowed 813 yards. The Vikings have the 13th ranked rush defense, which I did not realize they had jumped that high. Um, we talked about that. If the Vikings can stop the run, which they have been, this team is built to 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 destroy the pass when they have to, <clears throat> to be in the passing lanes. So we think about the Falcons defense for Jaron Hall, a team that's allowed 816 yards rushing, top 15. So not bad, pretty decent. When you look at pass yards um, and, and blitz, you know, blitz attempts and so on and so forth. When you look at pass yards, same thing. They're, I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They're ninth in pass yards. So this is a really good Falcons defense. We, I mean, we haven't talked about the Falcons much. Bijan Robinson, I guess, was the big headline to start the season off. And then you move on into this actual season. And you're like, defensively, this team is pretty good. The Falcons, like, it doesn't feel like it because of their quarterback and Ritter. Um, it feels like something you should, I mean, not talk bad about, but it just doesn't feel like something that, you know, gets a ton of coverage and people care about. The Vikings have the number two passing offense and the Falcons, again, in the top 15, 1,800 uh, yards under Ritter. When you look at rushing, Vikings offense, rushing the ball. Like I said, one of the lower ones. One of the lower ones. They're in the bottom five. A 586 yards rushing is what they've gained. And then, of course, the Falcons, extremely balanced. 1,000 yards rushing already. When you look at B. John Robinson, 10th. They have the 10th ranked rushing offense. So, statistically, Falcons are good. Statistically, the Falcons are a good offense they're a good defense they're balanced offense how do you attack this you got to get tricky and so with jaron hall i hope this is what kevin o'connell does short route stuff quick route stuff uh don't put too much on his plate don't have him try to run all the double route move go and all that stuff and the double overs and make it simple make it simple to the fact where when he sees the coverage he knows exactly where he's going with the ball when he sees you know, the down and distance, try to get manageable down and distance. This can't be a punt. They faced 18 third downs last week, Sam, 18. One of the most 
proficient time-killing drives all season has been that Packers game. 18 third downs. 18. That's where they need to get to with Jaron Hall. They cannot try to be the quick strike. Let's get it on first down. Because if they don't get it on first, if he doesn't make the throw on second, now he's in third and long. Now the Falcons can pin their ears back and they can come after him. And that's what you don't want your rookie quarterback dealing with. But I don't know. My expectations are Jaron Hall. Like I said, you can marry the 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 offenses of the Eagles and the, the Bears. What does that mean? He's going to have to run a little bit more. Give him some RPO where he's going to stick it in Alexander Madison's bread basket. If the DN crashes, pull it. Also with that, you can still run and throw because we know we've seen Carson Wentz do that. <clears throat> stick it in the bread basket, pull it if he's coming. If the DN kind of sits out like he's trying to protect, you know, the edge, hand it off. Let Alexander Madison get inside of him. Boom. Or Cam Akers. Vice versa. If he crashes, you pull it, run. Now, if you have the edge, go get yourself five, six yards and go down. If you have a throw, which could be a slant, could be an out route, make the throw. Let your runner get the ball. And so, or so your, yeah, your, your receiver get the ball and become a runner. So there's a lot you can do to that. It's hard to implement if you have nothing in it. In it. I'm, I'm pretty sure Kevin O'Connell has something like that in his offense, not maybe a true RPO, but something to give him that, that play action boot maybe, where it's like, hey, play action boot, it, just get, but get out there hard. You know, like a lot of guys play, like Kirk Cousins play action boots, and he's coming out to pass. Like he's coming, if there's no pass, he's throwing it out of bounds. Jaron Hall could come out hard, whereas if there's no pass, just keep running and stretching it. Get away from the DNs. Use your speed to go get yourself eight to nine, ten yards, especially if they're playing man because the DBs and the linebackers underneath, their backs are turned because they're playing man and trying to rob the underneath stuff. That's where Jaron Hall could be. From a statistical standpoint, I'm going to say he needs to throw for at least 190 yards, 190 mm -hmm. to 200 yards, and he needs one touchdown. 190 to 200 yards and one touchdown. I think they can get some ground game in the red zone. I think that, you know, there's other guys, but exceeding my expectations, if he goes for 250 yards plus two or three touchdowns, that's exceeding expectation. He just can't turn the ball over. He can't have any strips yeah. like fumbles because he had that in the Packers game, and he can't have any interceptions. If he turns the ball over, it's going to be probably over. If he can at least get lift to punt, I think this defense is good enough that they can slow the Falcons down and maybe make this a grind-out, boring type of game. But that's my expectations for him. I don't know. What, what are yours, Sam? Yeah, I don't need Jaron Hall to run for 100 yards from scrimmage. I need him to use his mobility to avoid negative plays. Yeah. So in the preseason, where, again, working behind third-string offensive lines, let's be honest about that, yeah. he got sacked a lot. Got sacked nine times in three preseason games. 36% of the time that he was pressured, he took a sack. That's a very high number. Um, through, let's see, I think one interception. He fumbled once. It wasn't a great preseason, but he wasn't playing with the offensive line that the Vikings currently have, and they've been protecting very, very well. The Atlanta Falcons, however, Ron, they've got the second best pressure rate in the NFL, so they're going to mm. get after him. That's a good defensive line. So I got to see him use his mobility to extend plays, avoid negative plays, and then, as you said, most critically, avoid the big mistake. Mm -hmm. Can't have pick sixes. Can't have strip sacks, scoop and scores going the other way. Um, and that's probably going to be incumbent, Ron, and you've said this the whole time. The run game's got to be better. 
Mm-hmm. The run game averaged two yards a carry against Green Bay, but because Kirk Cousins was cooking on third downs, they got away with it. But it's not going to happen with Jaron Hall as your quarterback. So you got to run the ball way better and then have your quarterback make some plays. Don't shoot you in the foot. I'm curious, Ron, before we move on to the Daily Three, I want to ask you this. Mm-hmm. So Nick Mullins, I believe, is eligible the week after the Atlanta game. Mm-hmm. So what do you need? So what would need to happen for Hall to lose that job? And what would need to happen for him to hold on to the job? Um, To put it in terms of quarterback play, mm-hmm. if he has a Carson Wentz type day, um, I think he, it's hard to say you're going to lose your job. If he has a Matthew Stafford type day, because Matthew Stafford was a first round pick. So it's like, look, we're going to go down with the ship if he throws three picks. If Jaron Hall throws three picks... <laughs> It's Nick Mullins. Like, mm-hmm. you, you, there's no way they can sit there after a quarterback throws three interceptions and think, we got to give this guy one more shot. Like, that's going to be the problem. He can't turn – or if it's like three three strip sack fumbles or two strip sack fumbles and a pick. Like, if there's three turnovers caused because of Jaron Hall, they can't. Like, I don't think there's a coach in the world – I don't care how much you love a guy, how much you think a guy's your guy, all that. There's no coach in the world that can, like, sit there and say mm-hmm. – Okay, let's try this again. No, mm-hmm. like there's not. And so that's that's the problem because I think Nick Mullins being a veteran, um, and who knows, Jaron Hall might do everything right, and they still in their minds just think Nick Mullins is a veteran, gives us a better shot to win. Um, but now it becomes more prevalent to the Minnesota Vikings of who can we find this free, this offseason free agent wise quarterback? Who can we possibly sign if we don't go draft a guy? Who can we sign and draft to bring them into camp? Because people forget, like, there's been a lot of veterans that headed to other teams to compete with younger guys. Uh, when you think about Carson Wentz, when you think about um, Sam Darnold, uh, when you think about Andy Dalton, like, the, these are guys, veteran guys that went to teams. Um, one is a backup, but then also, yeah, let's compete. Let, let's see what you can do uh, when you think about the Carolina Panthers situation. Uh, so drafting the quarterback doesn't mean you don't bring in a free agent or bringing in a free agent doesn't mean you're not going to draft a quarterback still. Uh, the problem is what quarterbacks do you like? And we do know Quasey, uh was at the Michigan Minnesota game. Um, is JJ McCarthy your guy? Is JJ McCarthy um, going to do so much this season that he's going to end up high in a lot of people's minds because he's going to play against Ohio State on national TV. He's going to play in the playoff most likely barring nothing like they don't shut them down and say you're suspended and you're blacklisted. <laughs> um, so he's going to get a chance to play two, one to two games on the national stage in the college football playoff. Um, so if he goes out there and lights it up against Ohio state and the big 10 championship, sorry. So he gets four, three to four opportunities on a national stage that everybody's watching, especially scouts. When you think about the big 10 championship, cause if they beat Ohio state, they go to the big 10 championship. Um, if he kills Ohio State, kills, let's say, Minnesota, because Minnesota right now is number one in the West, kills Minnesota, um, and then turns around, and and then they have to play Michigan because maybe Michigan only drops to four if they lose to Ohio State. I think that's what they're trying to do this now. They're, they're not slick. Um, but, but Michigan goes to two. Ohio State drops to four. So Michigan ends up playing Florida State maybe. He kills Florida State. Georgia beats Ohio State. They kill Georgia, and Michigan's national champions. If J.J. McCarthy does all that, again, the allure. Of like, oh man, this kid's a winner. He's from Michigan. His pedigree of Tom Brady, that all that stuff's gonna come up. Like, do we do we let this guy drop to the second, third round like they did Jalen Hurts? All that's gonna come up. 
Like all of that comes up. So can JJ McCarthy be there for the Vikings to draft in the second round or third round or late first round? Um, that's the key to this. Will Levis dropped, and then look how good he is. Like he's a solid quarterback. I, I guarantee Minnesota fans, would you take Will Levis right now, Sam? After seeing what he did? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I I didn't I wasn't in love with him in the draft, but when you see what he does in a game, that's pretty convincing. Yeah. And that's that's the key to this, man. Like that's that's the key to this. That's what people don't understand is uh Will Levis, he's legit. And so sometimes there's quarterbacks that people don't assume are gonna be what they are, and then they end up being really good. He's one of them. Um, before we get to the daily three, I have another quick one for you though. You didn't give me the stats. What are your what are your stats for Jaron Hall? Because I kind of hit the one, yeah. I think he needs to be 190 to 200, one or two touchdowns and no interceptions. I don't know. What are yours for him? Yeah, I mean the the no interceptions to me is most important. One seventy five feels like a nice kind of floor, maybe up to two twenty five. There's a fifty yard range. Uh, one touchdown through the air, that's fine. I think you're trying to come up with a formula where you can score twenty four points. Hmm. So if Hall throws you one, then you run two in, kick a field goal, score twenty four. I think this is now this is the, the Brian Flores defense is on center stage. You got to win the take give. Um you got to put your offense in advantageous positions. Now it's got to be all about complementary football. So we've seen it for 2 weeks. Can we keep seeing it from this team? Um that's that's the big question. Well, before we jump into the daily 3, that's three questions, 3 minutes each. Make sure you check out Locked On Sports Minnesota's postcast on YouTube, following every Twins, Vikings, or Wolves game. Of course, Gophers as well. We got postcast joining live. Our Locked On team hosts are broadcasting with team insiders. Never miss a postcast by subscribing to Locked On Sports Minnesota on YouTube. You just need an email address. Also, SXM, the app. You can download it on your phone. You can get all the Locked On Sports Minnesota shows on there. The football party, the Ron Johnson show, the Wolves, the Wild, all the Locked On Sports uh, Minnesota shows are on the SXM app. Just search SXM in your app market. Well, now it's time for the Daily Three, Sam. That's three questions, three minutes each. Take it away. All right, let's go back to the Vikings, and, and let me ask you this question. Who is yeah. the Vikings' defensive MVP? At about the halfway point of the season, what do you think? Oh, defensive MVP. So I'm, I'm thinking Daniel Hunter. Um, thinking Daniel Hunter because he's leading the NFL in sacks. Uh, but the problem with leading the NFL in sacks is a great number, but it doesn't splash. Like it doesn't jump off out the screen all the time. Like it's like, hey, it's here and there. Um, I kind of want to say I can't say Brian Flores because I guess as a coach, you can't make the MVP a coach. Uh, but through the halfway point of the season. I'm going to go with Cam Bynum. I'm yeah, going to go with Cam Bynum. I'm, I'm just just the flashy interceptions, uh, the Johnny on the spot moments. If he jumps a little bit later, which is a little bit later against the Chiefs, who knows what happens in that game? Um, it, it's a game of inches. And so I just think Cam Bynum's ability, because the broadcast bring this up a lot, which, which leads me to believe in the coaches' meetings with the broadcast team, they bring it up. That Cam Bynum was a cornerback in college. 
So that gives you the flexibility to put a safety in coverage and truly feel comfortable with him in space with a tight end or running back or a slot receiver. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing Cam Bynum sometimes just in space covering grass. Sometimes he's actually covering a guy. And nine times out of 10, he's making the play. So I'm just looking at the flexibility that he gives Brian Flores when you go with that three safety look with Josh Metellus. And Josh Metellus, you know, plays that rover position. But but I'm going to go with Cam Bynum just because he gives like Harrison Smith the ability to just rush. He gives Harrison Smith the ability to just roam and do what he wants to do and jump routes. Uh, Cam Bynum's kind of the unsung hero, but he's made a lot of splashy plays, which which to me means it feels like he's jumping off the, the film every time you turn it on. Uh, who's your guy? I was probably going to go Bynum as well. Um, sneaky one, Josh Metellus. Like he's yeah. kind of just the glue guy, right? And we we said that Brian Flores was the safety whisperer in training camp, and that's totally playing out. You got Bynum, number six safety in the league on PFF, Harrison Smith, number 16, and Josh Metellus, number 17. So three in the top 17 safeties uh, for the Vikings. That's awesome. All those guys are balling right now. What you got next? Yeah, the Minnesota uh, Minnesota Timberwolves game was not fun last Mm -hmm. night. They led by 21, Ron, in the second half. And they lost by like 20. What was the final score? I turned it off. I think they lost by about 16 in the end, but a, a, a horrid second half where I think they scored 80 in the first half and like 35 in the second half and and uh, ended up getting blown out by the Hawks. Your reaction to that one? Yeah, so they lost by 14. Um, the thing about the Timberwolves, and this is, I don't know, and, and I've said this too. My, this happened to my daughter's volleyball team last night. Um, they won the first set by a lot like they were up 17 to like two at one point and then the team came back and won the second set and then won the third set and won the championship so our girls got second place in the uh, twin cities whatever championships my thought process was and i said to my wife i'm like they won by too much in that first set like the coach got relaxed the girls got relaxed they start subbing girls in they don't normally play um they did not put their foot on their throat and i think we said this on the, uh, the 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 basketball party, I said this. I said the Timberwolves need to learn how to put their foot on people's throat. Like Anthony Edwards, if he's if he's cooking, you just keep cooking and let him put his foot on their throat and just just suffocate the team with with athleticism. Uh, you see a guy with thirty one points, and then you look at the supporting cast: Carlin D. Towns sixteen, Jay McDaniel's twelve, Rudy Gobert fourteen, um, Nas Reed with thirteen, uh, Shake Milton with ten. Like it, it just didn't feel like he had like he was he was Batman but it didn't feel like he had another guy. Like it didn't feel like he had another guy that was cooking with them the whole game. And that's going to be the problem with the Timberwolves. I think for the rest of the season is going to be, um, can they beat the teams? We've said this, can they beat the teams they're supposed to beat? And can they, you know, split with the teams like the warriors, um, you know, like the Suns teams that we don't think that now the Clippers, I mean, I don't know if you saw that Clippers getting James Harden. Uh, so now you got Paul George, Kawhi Leonard and James Harden with PJ Tucker on the same team. So that just adds to the Clippers arsenal of just absolute flamethrower and James Harden, PJ Tucker, defensive specialist guy, like slash bully, uh, slash just hustle guy, but also veteran that's gonna maybe he'll he'll hit he'll hit a shot or two from the corner if everybody's crashing and and, and helping. But then you got Paul George, the ultimate two-way player. You got Kawhi Leonard, the ultimate two-way player. So you don't have to worry about James Harden not playing defense. Because you got three guys now that are defenders that are absolute like, hey, if I got to lock a guy down, I'm going to do it. And so when you think about this with the Timberwolves now, it just made the West even harder. It made the West harder. And losing to a team like the Hawks when you have that big of a lead, 
Sam, they scored 42 points in the first quarter. They scored mm-hmm. 37 points in the second quarter. And then they went 19. And 15. It got worse. So 42, 37, 19, 15. It got worse as the game went on, whereas the, the Hawks, 35, 25, 38, 29. It was kind of just consistent, up and down, up and down. And, and that's the problem with the Timberwolves. It's like you got outscored by 14 points. You got outscored in the fourth quarter by 14 points. That's the difference in the game. That's the game. Literally, you go into the third quarter tied, you're in the third quarter tied, and then you let them just demolish you in the fourth. And that's that's starting out too well. Like you said, a big lead in the first. It's starting out too well. And then just assuming we're going to cruise. Like, let's just go have fun, guys. Let's just go play. Like, it's, No, these dudes is out here coming up and down. You got the 20. And that's the thing what, what makes NBA basketball so special is the 24-second shot clock. You cannot just sit on the ball. You can't just hold the ball. You got to play because they, they they want their opportunity to try to come back. And if they're more efficient down the stretch, you're going to lose. But I don't know. What are your thoughts on them? Yeah, this is a classic yeah. Wolves. I mean, this was – I'll have the stat ready for tomorrow's basketball party. We talk Wolves every Wednesday on this network. Um, but the third quarters last year killed the Wolves. They came out of the locker room flat so many mm-hmm. times. And they got outscored by 19 in the third quarter last night. I mean, yeah. they they could have just treaded water and cruised to victory in that game. But third quarter, DeJounte Murray got hot and it got away. And the Wolves, I was a little nervous, Ron, when I turned on the TV <clears throat> and they were shooting 70% in the second quarter. I said, well, that, that's not going to last. Right. No team can do that for a whole game. And they cooled down all right. Um, so there's something in this team's DNA that is prone to these collapses. We've got to figure out what it is. We'll talk about it on the Minnesota Basketball Party tomorrow. And, Ron, I close with a baseball question. Mm-hmm. Game four of the World Series is tonight. The Rangers have a 2-1 lead over the Diamondbacks. So this thing is coming down to the wire in the next few days. Ron, do you have a horse in the race? Do you have any preference who wins the World Series? Seems like forever ago the Twins were in this thing, um, but now they are not Texas and Arizona. I have no dog in the fight. I really could care less between the two. I just like good baseball. It's like softball. Like when I watch, <clears throat> you know, Oklahoma play Florida State in softball, I really didn't care who won. Like I just wanted a good game. And so I think that's the same thing for me right now. Like I like it. I can watch it. I just don't care um, who wins. Like I'm not going to be heartbroken if the Diamondbacks win. I'm not going to be heartbroken if the Rangers win. Um, but I but I do like good baseball. If I had to pick, I don't know. It just feels like Texas um, – I don't know if the word's cursed, <laughs> but I feel like the Houston Astros were slated to win, and now it might seem like it's the Rangers' chance now. So I'm kind of feeling like the Rangers might win this one, but that's that's about as far as I go. Um, I, I just feel like Arizona, as far, as far as the Diamondbacks, people don't assume that they should be dominant in baseball, and they are this year. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think the Rangers uh, possibly are going to pull this off, but I don't know. What are your thoughts? I think the Rangers are a little better right now. They've got some some better hitters. I think they end up winning this series. I just think that not, like neither of these teams were anything to write home about mm-hmm. in the regular season. They just got hot at the right time. Like this, this could have been the Twins. This could be the Twins in the future. Like you don't need to be the best team in the regular season. You just need to get hot at the right time. So what if you know? What if the Twins had just beaten the Astros? Could they be in this in this series? Um, man, that was a fun ride. I miss it. Yeah, you just, I mean, you don't know. You don't know if they would have been in it, if they would have had a chance to be in it. Um, when you look at the Arizona Diamondbacks, I mean, like I said, Max Scherzer, you know, he's a guy um, on that team. You, you know, when you look at the Diamondbacks as far as just their pitching group, 
And then you look at their fielders and hitters. You're right. Like, it just seems like the Rangers have a little bit more. Um, but, you know, like I've always and maybe just because of the name, I've always been an Evan Longoria fan um, because I know him and Eva Longoria kept getting, you know, like people kept getting that confused. Yeah. Um, so that name was one of the names that always jumped out to me when I saw Evan Longoria. I'm like, is that her brother? Like, what is going on with this? Um, but, you know, I, I just think, like I said, the Rangers, um, you're right. They got hot at the right time. And that's what baseball softball, too. That's what it's about. You get hot at the right time. You get going. Um, and it's hard to, like, hold it back and stop them. Like, that's that's where Oklahoma softball is right now. They 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 are dominant. But at one point they weren't. And it was about teams that got hot. Now they're just dominant through the transfer portal and NIL and all this other stuff. Um, but in baseball. It's about who's hitting. I think pitchers can get comfortable and confident when they know their hitters are hitting and they feel like we have a lead. They can go out on the mound and be a little bit more dangerous, you know, pitch maybe in spots they shouldn't, uh, you know, like in the zone a little bit longer than it should be. But hey, like if I if I can if I can get this curveball to land, it's a great one. If they hit it, we have a three point, we have a three run lead right now. So it does give you a lot versus like we're down one to three buttholes tight i gotta pitch every pitch perfect and that's where pitchers get into trouble but i'm ron johnson that's sam maxim this has been locked on sports minnesota please make sure you guys subscribe to locked on sports minnesota on youtube also locked on sports minnesota 24 7 youtube stream for your favorite minnesota sports shows around the clock it's vikings wild wolves twins and gophers all hours of the day well thank you and have a great halloween people